0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We've got a packed show today. Um, We're going to kick it off by Bo telling me uh, the results of the Twitter poll we made yesterday uh, regarding Bo and my uh, dueling mock drafts. Surprise, surprise. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Patrick Peterson bid the Cardinals farewell uh, via written word in the Players' Tribune. We'll talk about that Uh, DeAndre Hopkins posted something interesting on his Instagram story that was screenshotted that may have a uh, little bit of a helmet gate, as it were, Bo, for us to discuss. Uh, There are some interesting new-look helmets that DeAndre Hopkins took a little snapshot of and put on his Instagram. And then uh, the main event, Paige DiMacco, CEO of the Draft Network, is going to join us for the last two segments. We're going to talk everything from what the Cardinals should do at 16, what they will do at 16, and why... All of the writers that used to have J.C. Horn at 16 overall that was the bane of Bo Brock's existence uh, completely removed themselves from that, and there's been some new names put at 16 for the Cardinals by Trevor Sakima, Benjamin Solak, Jordan Reed, and uh, a bunch of the other great writers uh, and mock drafters over at the Draft Network. And also, uh, most importantly, I'm going to ask her if she thinks that the Cardinals should be on hard knocks, something Bo and I did our throwdown Thursday on last week. Uh, Bo, quickly here, let's talk about Patrick Peterson. We haven't talked about Patrick Peterson, and this is kind of a thing where it's, we we kind of expected this, that he's not Larry Fitzgerald. So it's not something that if he's removed himself from the red and white on Sundays of the Arizona Cardinals, that it was going to be that much of a loss in the day-to-day storyline surrounding the Cardinals. We've moved on pretty swiftly since Patrick Peterson decided to sign with the Vikings, huh?
0: Yeah, he went for the money, didn't he? He took the one-year, $10 million deal. As far as the unique market was concerned, it was probably the most money he was going to be able to make this offseason and then maybe roll the dice and see if he can get the multi-year contract next year. But it didn't seem like the Arizona Cardinals were ever in play because that was really what P2 wanted to do. But now he's he's continue because he can't give up the Cardinals. The Cardinals have kind of moved on from Pat Pete, but it really seems like Patrick Peterson – is still trying to endear himself to this fan base. And it's, I just wish that he would be okay with the decision that he made. Like the Cardinals fans, they saw him, his play the last two seasons, and they saw what he was going to command, and they knew what was best for the franchise. And, And they are all content. I think I'm content. I believe you're content with Patrick Peterson all the way up until 2018 was the model citizen he was a great player for this franchise he earned his way in the future it's inevitable to the ring of honor but as far as this i i get the thank you you know he he tweeted it out today from at p2 arizona thank you for everyone this one's for you it's like well is it is it for us or, or is it for you is it for you trying to continue to keep you know the fans you know in you top of mind so and, and you read through it and, and it's It's not like a Larry Fitzgerald where Larry Fitzgerald in the same publication, the Players' Tribune, did his ode to Arizona. It's different. It's Patrick Peterson's story. You know, from being drafted fifth overall in 2011 at LSU to becoming a perennial pro bowler and then to his misstep as far as his PED violation, there wasn't much as far as him demanding a trade. Uh, he said that he became a different person after the PED thing, but that was, you know, the season after he demanded his way out of out of the desert. So I, I just look, Patrick, there's, there's a couple ways to look at this. Patrick Peterson is Kevin Durant, Oklahoma city thunder all the way up until 2018. And then Kevin Durant who bolted and took the easy route to a championship in the golden state warriors. This was Patrick Peterson with a, with a money grab a little bit different, but the perception of him after 2018 certainly changed. And it's just somebody I feel like grasping, uh, you know, to keep to kind of see if he could turn back the clock one last time.
1: It's a glossed up Wikipedia page is what is what this is with a little personal touch to it. He said Carson Palmer's his favorite teammate. Cool. He said in 2019 that it wasn't his fault that he tested positive. Like he passed the buck on that. So listen, there's nothing of substance with it. He's been nothing but great philanthropically, charitably in in the city of Phoenix, the state of Arizona. So we were talking specifically about 21 between the lines on the field. This is not a personal uh, vendetta, personal attack whatsoever, but we're looking at the tea leaves. 2018, he requested a trade, then he rescinded it on the 16th tee at TBC uh, Scottsdale, and then he proceeded to test positive for PEDs, and then set Kyler Murray's rookie year and not the greatest start. Put Byron Murphy into the fire right away as the C B one as a you know, the top pick of the second round for the Cardinals. Like he wasn't the greatest teammate the last year and a half. Last year he was fine, but I'm I'd be hard pressed to think that the Cardinals would be Cardinals fans are upset that Malcolm Butler is now taking his spot and may inevitably take his number. Uh, we we will definitely see what happens with that, but again, this is not as big of a story as we maybe thought it was. We had Brian McFadden on, his cousin and, and co host of the podcast they do together, and you know this isn't this isn't news, and this is kind of surprising that we haven't talked about Patrick Peterson once, aside from the hole that's going to be that, that's going to need to be filled by the CB one light. Like, he, he's not a locked-down corner when he left. but And, again, this is not nothing off the field about Patrick Peterson. We're speaking specifically as an employee of the Arizona Cardinals. He said he wanted to be the next Larry Fitzgerald, and then he took the money and bolted. And that's fine.
0: Good I, for you. I, I disagree with that. I, I, it is obviously – it extends and transcends the playing field I, because he makes – he emphasizes that. We don't. Like, we as fans, we appreciated him as the player, right. as you mentioned – how charitable he's been like, you can't take any of that away from him. He's a good person. Like there, there is no, you know, ill will towards Patrick Peterson, but at the same time, we can, I can spot how disingenuous this really is and and what this is all about, because it's not all about, Hey, Arizona. Thanks. Thank you. You, you're the one, not me because he can kind of continues to make it about 21. And, And that's, that's fine. He, he's he, it's a PED violation. He, he broke the rules of the NFL. He was he never did. He's he's a great person. Like that's fine. But there is something like, off the field. There is something where it's just like okay, all right, we get it. You know, you you had some good years. We're acknowledging that. But you're right. It's after he left. It, it's not. It's he's not gonna. We're st- still not talking about him. It's not gonna be like when if Larry Fitzgerald in the next couple of days or weeks says. I'm hanging him up. Right. Because then that's that's we're gonna talk about that, <laughs> that a piss lot. Off.
1: That pissed Patrick Peterson off so much if he if he did it tomorrow. It's like damn oh, it, Fitz. <laughs> I can't get out of your damn shadow. I mean, I think that because of as you mentioned, the disingenu- disingenuity of it doesn't affect me that much because this truly is a non story in my eyes. It's a non it okay, fine. You wrote you wrote some words. That's nice. Thank you for saying thank you. You could have done this. What three weeks ago when you signed, like this is it, this is not in the news cycle anymore, as we say in the business. Even it's a twenty four hour news cycle.
0: He reminds me a lot about Alex Rodriguez. He's very calculated and cares a lot of what people think about him. Like if you see Alex Rodriguez do a broadcast, if he's a, he's at the t- at the desk for Major League Baseball. He he's really you know he makes sure he's making all the right gestures. He's saying all the right things. And P two, when we used to even just have the media scrums at his locker on Thursdays or Wednesdays, I can't remember which day it was. He would uh, he would basically you could know he was searching for the perfect word to say in every sentence. And it's just like it'd just be you. Just relax. You're good. Like you had a great career. We appreciate twenty one, but at the same time, you're, you're not going to reach Fitz level, and, and that's okay. If Alex Not Rodriguez if Alex Rodriguez calls Matt
1: Veskers and Maddie one more time, I'm gonna throw my shoe at the TV. I have to watch it on oh. mute when
0: I watch baseball. They're just buds, they're pals, you know. That's it's just a Rod being relaxed, you know, relaxed and calling his friend Maddie. That's the worst. Alex Clancy Bobrock, uh,
1: locked on Cardinals. Yeah. Follow him at Bobrock. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Quickly, here, Paige Demacco, CEO of the Draft Network, is going to join us next. You don't want to miss that. But first, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Th- there was a screenshot. Uh, put out it's it's uh circulating here on Twitter today of uh DeAndre Hopkins Instagram story where there are some black and white Arizona Cardinals helmets that look a little different the black helmet looks matted like the like the Batmobile and the white helmet looks like I've never compared paints like hues of white at Home Depot or anything but this is a different color white than the Arizona Cardinals helmet is now and the the uh the bird on the side is all red with a little black trim around the the snout, the nose, the beak. Um, but when you saw these, you, you told me right away, you're like, what the hell, who cares? I'm like, I'm getting excited that maybe this pressure is finally making a M- Mikey B make a decision on changing the
0: jerseys. They should be feeling the pressure, yeah. but I think realistically – as far as the NFL's concerned, you can't just be like, okay, well, the, the fans have spoken and it's we need to make a change as far as our uniform. Here's our renderings of our new swag. So it, no matter what happens, no matter how much pressure they face or how many articles the Arizona Republic writes or, you know, Johnny Venerable or, or you and I speak out about it on on social media, it's never going to press them into be like one day they're still wearing these threads and then the next they've got new duds. It, there's going to be like new uniforms are coming in months. Just like the seven teams that updated their uniforms last year, that they they all kind of sent out like a, a warning that new uniforms are coming. There's nothing there now. This, as far as the helmets are concerned, you can go on Fanatics right now, Fanatics.com, and you can find those helmets. It's just it's just collectors' items. I'm sure it's Bo, just we you can know, dream here, man.
1: Damn it! How many poles do they have to be at the bottom of? Before Michael Bidwell makes a decision. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to go long today. Sorry, David Locke. Uh, We're going to go another 20 minutes here. Coming up next, Paige Demacos, CEO of the Draft Network, a Scott Frost apologist. Um, We might talk to her a little bit about that. Hopefully she's not wearing any uh, Nebraska gear. We might get into it, me going to CU Boulder. We're going to have to have a conversation about that. Paige Demacos, CEO of the Draft Network, next here on Locked on Cardinals. But first, it's time to talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag has got you covered for all your sports action. Football's over, obviously. NFL draft's coming up, though. Props. NFL draft props. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. Everything They have everything. BetOnline.ag has got everything. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On. Remember, again, go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, let's bring her in. CEO of the hottest draft entity you could find here, uh, the draftnetwork.com. Paige DeMarcos, Uh thanks so much for joining us here on Lockdown Cardinals. See how nice
2: that was? for you to be able to come back and say something nice after those horrible <laughs> words you said about Nebraska like you just you, you, I'm glad you walked it back a little bit by by giving me some flattery cuz I was about to walk out the door. Yeah. I was like all right, this is how we're starting today CU. Okay, I see it. I see I, what's going I, on. I
1: got pissed off with Patrick Peterson's player's Tribune article and then the helmet thing which <laughs> is a total tease. Uh, let, let me start with this before we get into draft talk cuz we have enough we have enough questions to ask you about that. Bo and I do a Throwdown on Thursday where we debate a topic every Thursday. And last Thursday's was, if Hard Knox comes calling to the Cardinals, would it be a good thing for the organization for them to say yes or you know passing on it because of how, in my opinion, fragile they are right now, how fragile the ecosystem is, and you don't want to mess it up? Bo said hell yes, I said no. What say you, Paige DeMakos?
2: So the reason that I say no is because of the personalities in the locker room. Um, one, I don't think Cliff could handle it not a great would would expose cliff um more than he's been exposed as being a the the coach that uh, struggles with his in-game decision de- decision making um and I think that would be bad overall because if you cover the team and you pay close attention, you know but the national media doesn't know and if they were on hard knocks it would it would create a much larger issue. also this is a big year for k one guys and I, and I think there's there's a lot of fragility there with him and I don't know that he wants that smoke. Like, I don't think he wants that heat. I don't think he can handle it and I don't think it would be good for the organization. So, um, this ain't the BA cards anymore. Like they don't have the coach that everybody wants to hang out with and be cool with like cliffs, like kind of in this tier of like, we thought he was cool, but like, if you really watched him coach football, you knew, yeah, sure. He looks like a superstar, but he don't coach like one. So, like, let's like let us kind of see how this goes. So, you know, obviously, I live here. I, I root for the Cards. I want him to have success, but I think think staying off hard knocks would probably be the.
0: I I couldn't di- disagree more. I'm because I think Cliff Kingsbury can really do himself my a life, service page, because he's a guy. That he's in the building, he's the first in the building, he's there at like four in the morning working on his abs, breaking down film. Now, where he would fall short is if, yeah, if he is just a cadaver standing up there and he can't inspire anybody. Like If his speech is, like, we're not going to get Rex Ryan from Cliff Kingsbury. All three of us know that, most Cardinals fans.
2: Oh, that's what you're going to get. That's the problem. You're not going to get Al Pacino giving you this amazing (laughs) speech that's going to rally you. You're going to get Uh, this, I don't know about this. And you're going to get the same thing from day one man. Like, it's not, you got to know the personalities there. And it's this younger generation of athletes, like not millennials, like, uh, like all three of us, like Gen Z, right? Like, and like, it's a different vibe. They can't, they don't really like being critiqued. And Kyler deserves some criticism and it's I don't think I I think more so wouldn't be good for him I think Cliff you could get some good out of but you'd also get some bad but I I don't think it'd be good for Kyler I I don't so that's that's the main reason you got to coddle your quarterbacks you know I kind of you see even that with Russell Wilson now you gotta like coddle these guys so it's uh yeah it's interesting we're in a, a very different athletes than we've ever been in so you just Got to baby him a little bit, Bo. I know that doesn't feel good, but that's that's what you got to do.
1: At the underscore sports page on Twitter, CEO of the Draft Network, host of the Draft Network Fantasy, you and Jake Arians do a great job over there. Uh, that's always such a fun pod to watch and listen to. Now let's shift here to the draft. Um, 16 overall, we've removed the J.C. Horn-led every mock draft. That's where the Cardinals are taking it, 16. Before, you know, he he's skyrocketed up. Uh, the big boards at 16, say the Cardinals don't trade up. They don't Peter Schrager it and mortgage the future to move up to four or seven and they don't trade down. Is there a sweet spot pick for you for the Cardinals corner offensive lineman wide receiver at 16?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's gotta be a corner guys. I I can't imagine that they're going to walk into the season when you look at this roster and you go, okay, they're going to play Matthew Stafford, they're going to play Russell Wilson and they're going to play doesn't matter in San Francisco you're playing Kyle Shanahan right so like at a certain point you're going to have to fix and and you know fill a hole that Patrick Peterson has been a part of for a long time now i know p2 hasn't been playing at the level we were used to um you know even even this last season but it's still a a massive hole for this team so while I am loving the hype train that J.C. Horn is having uh, from all the draft media, if you talk to people in the NFL, and and I do very often to see and get a gauge, Patrick Sertain is definitely a guy that I could see going before J.C. Um, he was the guy that everybody kind of narrowed in on. And obviously before the medicals, Caleb Farley. So, you know, J.C. Horn was really CB3 kind of, you know, before the pro day glow up that he had. And I I caution fans to not overreact to that when you've got a a two years plus of tape and film in the sec uh, where Patrick Sertain was the best was the better of those two guys. Um, I think you like both guys. Uh, I think you'd be happy with both guys, Um, but they need a cornerback. And if it's, and if Caleb Farley checks enough boxes, as far as the medicals go, for our money, he's the best cornerback in the draft, and and he might slip to 16.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and I think most people have it as certain as one. And then you've got J.C. Horn, who's leapfrogged Caleb Farley with the back issue, but then Farley's probably third. And then how far do you go down? Like, say those three are off the board somehow, and it's possible. It certainly is possible. Mm-hmm. There's also a possibility that Horn slips to 16 still. Do you, do you even look at Greg Newsom from Northwestern? Uh, I mean, or do you start to look elsewhere if you get down the prospect depth chart?
2: I think it would depend on what offensive line uh, prospects were there at 16, right? Like, I think if you're, it's hard for me to know who's going to fall in, you know, obviously at this time, but if it charts kind of the way we feel, it's going to with all these quarterbacks going early on, right? And then there's going to be this kind of run of what I would say say either cornerback or wide receiver, right? Where you're going to have these kind of runs of those two before you get to the cards. So if you're a Cardinal fan, you hope for wide receiver. You hope a bunch of those wide receivers go before you. You know, I think there's a very good chance we don't get a defensive player picked until like nine or ten, right? I think there's a good chance you just go O line, quarterback weapons and then you get to that point and that's best case scenario obviously for the Cardinals so that is that is what you're rooting for but if said scenario plays out and it's Caleb Farley at 16 or a top offensive line prospect you're really going to have to think about that because they swung and missed last year they should have drafted Tristan Wirfs and I will forever in eternity bring this up to Steve Kime to hold it over his head Like, it's literally my, I'm like, dude, me, GM. Like, he's like, I know, I hear about it all. I'm like, I'm just saying, like, your quarterback is literally tiny. What are we doing here? Like, did we just watch the Super Bowl? Did you watch Patrick Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL running for his life? You got to protect your guys. And when you have an opportunity to take a guy who's nasty on the offensive line, you just kind of do it. And, And, and I think if, you know, if it's if all three of those guys let's say Farley's Farley's gone too, and you're at Greg Newsom or insert a couple of these prospects on the offensive line, I would think long and hard about it because I, I don't think you could ever have enough offensive linemen ever. I don't think it's the one position that I'm like every draft you better be getting one, like every single draft. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. I'm I'm still hoping they get one of those top corners because ooh they need it. Yeah. Uh-
1: She's Paige DeMaco. She's preaching to the choir at the <laughs> underscore sports page on Twitter. Alex Clancy Bobrock, follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. One more segment with the CEO of the Draft Network. We're going to pick her brain as much as possible. Um, damn, I got a lot of questions. We'll talk to you in a couple minutes. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Here are the bullet points rockauto.com is a family owned business. It's been around for 20 years, okay? The prices are reliably low. The prices are the same for manufacturers and do-it-yourselfers like us. So whether it's for your daily driver or your weekend driver, if you need taillights, paint, carpet, whatever, rockauto.com's got you covered. It's a website. It's so much easier than going to a chain storefront where you have to search for things, you have to find SKU numbers, serial numbers, parts, whatever, RockAuto.com, you just go to the website, you type in what you need, you can find it. Go to RockAuto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Final segment, Locked On Cardinals. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Uh, our local expert experts from every team. We're making picks. We're making trades. Like, this is the greatest spectacle in Mock Draft, especially one that I've been a part of. Uh, Odyssey app, everything. Check it out. We will be blowing it up on Twitter. Follow Locked On NFL um, on the uh, on Twitter as well. Like, I don't even have words anymore. We've been working on this. We're getting the inside scoop with everything. It's so much You're fun. Struggling. I'm struggling because Bo, I've said the same <laughs> live read twelve times. I got to come up with different things to say. Now, one thing I will say about Tristan Wirth's, uh Trevor Sycamore, your boy over the Draft Network, does not let us forget how important Tristan Wirfs is to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, and and I want to segue this quickly. Because say the Cardinals do get an offer to trade back, it's synonymous with what the Cardinals didn't do last year. They got cute last year. Isaiah Simmons was not the right pick. If you don't protect Kyler Murray, nothing's going to work. So what does it matter? Now, with, with uh, Steve Kime's inability to hit on draft picks, um, would trading back be playing with fire as well? Like, do you just pick somebody at 16 say, you know what? They got Rodney Hudson. They got DeAndre Hopkins. Eat it with the picks you don't have in the third and fourth round. Or do you try and get value by moving back five picks and trying to get a third or fourth round pick, even though Steve Kime isn't the greatest in the draft?
2: I feel like we should make it as easy for Steve as possible. So let's not complicate things. And I love you, Steve, man. Like, I'm not talking smack. I'd say it to your face, so I'd say it on this podcast. Like, Let's not overcomplicate things here. I think at 16, there's going to be a really, really good football player that's going to make this roster and make an impact. And I think that's significantly more important to this team than moving back and acquiring more picks. It's a, it is a thing that happens each and every draft cycle. Every team wants to move back and acquire more draft capital. Well, let me tell you something. You don't all get to do that. That's not how this works, okay? And when you're picking in the midway point of the draft, it happens even less because you're not in a position where people are going to be able to move up and be excited about it. When you're in the top five and you don't need a quarterback, you are in a position to get a lot. Everybody else, no, it's not happening. 16 is not going to be a position where Steve's going to get all these offers to move up. There might be an offer here and there, but I think for the Cardinals, you have holes. You have pieces where you look and you go, Okay, we need a guy that we can trust. That we, that you just, to me, I don't, I don't want to overcomplicate things for Steve. So I said, Steve, 16 best cornerback or best offensive lineman. I don't want to see anybody else. Nobody else. I don't want to see a single mock draft that has anybody else on it for the Cardinals. Cause I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not interested. Protect Kyler or for the love of God, you're going to be in over your head with those quarterbacks in this division. Figure it out. You're going to need a top corner. Please, hopefully, one of those guys is there.
0: It's color by numbers. That's what you're saying for Steve Kime as far as his draft strategy. I, I kind of feel sad for the guy when he sees you coming. He's probably, like, uh-oh, here comes Paige. She's gonna tell me how yeah. how bad. One hundred percent. One
2: hundred percent. That but is one hundred. It's, all, and he, it's a completely accurate. He looks and he's
0: like, oh, here we go. But I'm like, dude, it's, it's fun, all love. It's, tough love. it's tough exactly. love. Let me ask you this. I mean, we talk about need and We know it, the, the biggest glaring need is the cornerback position. But what do you think would be the most fun pick for the Arizona Cardinals? Because we look at this offense, and and you, you, it's tough not to get intrigued, enamored with adding something to Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, now A.J. Green. They added James Conner. Do you look at any of these weapons? I mean, Kyle Pitts, I think that's a pipe dream that he's going to fall all the way to 16. You probably have to be aggressive and trade up. But you've yeah. got other guys. Jalen Waddle, you've got Devontae Smith, probably, and I talked to Trevor as well about this, and he said he's the most polarizing just because of his lack of size. Any of those players intrigue you, and it'd be tough for the Arizona Cardinals pass at, at 16.
2: So here, Bo, I'll, I'll set the scene here. You're the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? You're at five. And everybody's like, you know what would be so fun? What would be so fun is if the Bengals took Jamar Chase. And I'm like, that's great. And that's fun in Madden where we don't have to worry about protecting our quarterback from death. Okay? So this is – it's the same scenario here for the Cardinals. It's like, yes. In hypothetical land, is it fun to play out a scenario where one of these top-tier wide receivers is also added to the arsenal? Absolutely. Is it fun for me to think about Kyle Pitts being in any offense? Yes, he's the best prospect coming out of this draft. I don't even think it's close. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Um, I, I think thinking about him with any quarterback that's competent is awesome, right? You're like, oh my god, amazing! Sign me up for that. You know, these Alabama wide receivers are top tier. You've got you know Bateman, and you've got. I mean, there's so many guys that are coming out in this wide receiver class. Kadarius Tony that we like. I mean, there's there's so many good amazing and we're seeing more of these guys like a Justin Jefferson play a part right away but it's not what this team needs right now right it's exciting it's fun to think about and I know that the fan base just like they do in every other fan base would get excited because it's a skill position player and everybody would be hyped up you don't want the sexy pick you want the meat and potatoes you want the stuff that wins football games and that is what this team needs to do I get it it's not sexy to draft offensive linemen you know what wins football games? Tristan works, Put on some <laughs> damn tape and watch it and just remind yourselves of what you could have had last year. And I'm gonna preach it for till the end of time.
1: Yeah. Um you can bet your Scott Frost that if Devontae Freeman Devante Smith is there at sixteen, they're gonna take him. Like this is oh, Well, I like, well you, and I the chance of him dropping is is slim. It's not like a Jerry Judy situation from last year. Like as you mentioned, everything you said is right. Um but if, if if Devontae Smith is there, sweet mother, he's going to be an Arizona Cardinal. I mean, unless, unless that's your trade-back scenario where if somebody offers a second rounder to move up and get him, which is possible, but he ain't going to be there. And this is going to be – do you see this as being more of a vanilla draft, more of a boring draft? Because we've seen the trade-ups already. Like, do you see Miami actually being on the move again? Because I think any sort of craziness that happens in front of the Cardinals could benefit them because a, a player could sneak down like a Micah Parsons, which is going to be really problematic if he's there and you're going to have to decide between Micah Parsons and Caleb Farley. But when I've had this conversation a bunch, let's talk about that. Micah Parsons or Caleb Farley at 16 if Micah Parsons drops. I
2: love Micah Parsons, but you need a damn cornerback. Yeah, like, it's exciting, but you just drafted a lot. Like, like, it's you're going to have another linebacker that doesn't really fit what you do again. Like you're going to, it's, it doesn't make sense. I, I like Michael Parsons. He's a hell of a prospect, but at the same time, it's like guys at a certain point, you're going to have to address what is, I mean, look at the quarterback <laughs> position. You're like, Oh my God, you are not, this is not happening. Right? Like, it's just, you can't, it's exciting. Do I, do I think Michael Parsons is a great football player? Absolutely. Would it be tempting to do it? Absolutely. But that position, as far as just value in the current NFL landscape, linebacker is just, there's very few guys that are, that are the type of player that you're like, yeah, it was worth it to do that. It's just not valued in the same way anymore. And that's coming from a girl from Chicago who loves linebackers. Like, come on. So it's, You have to understand that it's just not a part of of what is needed for this team. It's not as much a part of value for for how teams are looking at things. Will it be tempting? Yes. Would I rather see them do that than get Devonta Smith? Absolutely. Like at a certain point, I get it. It's fun. He's fast as hell. But, you know, Mac Jones was playing 500 at Alabama, throwing the football down the field and just going, yep, he's going to go get it. Well, that's what happens when you have, that offensive line standing in front of you and nobody getting to your quarterback. I don't know that that's going to be the case when you're talking about Kyler Murray playing this year.
0: Yeah, it, you've got a guy named Jace Whitaker, a guy named Picasso in your defensive secondary right now. It's very reminiscent of this wide receiver's room. You know, even during the B.A. era, era where they thought Hey, they were good to go. I think it was like 2017, 2018. The cover was completely bare, but they thought, okay, hey, we can ride with this. And there just weren't guys that were NFL level players. And that's what we're looking at right now from this cornerback position. So the need it's glaring. It's just going to be fascinating to see, you know, what Steve Kime, if he's able to put on those blinders and, uh, and move forward with the right pick for the Arizona Cardinals. I, I also, I'm just curious as the way we talk about Kyle Pitts, it seems like the person at the bar that's extremely good looking that doesn't get approached because people are afraid they're just going to get turned down immediately. Uh, But if, if you had, you know, the confidence to ask them out, they might say yes. And they might make you the best offense in the league. Like if you're Jerry Jones at 10, you could have, you you could roster the best tight end since prime Jason Witten. And that immediately, I mean, they're already in the discussion for the top offense in the league.
2: Well, so here's the problem with that scenario, right? (laughs) you remember Dak Prescott thrown for 500 yards last year up in Seattle,
0: but the defense
2: gave up 40 freaking points at a certain point, Dallas, you're going to have to play defense, pal. (laughs) Like it don't matter. Like you're going to have to have something you could you I'm cool with Kyle Pitts. If you didn't give a hundred million dollars to Ezekiel Elliott, maybe we should talk about that being the dumbest thing I've seen happen in the last three years. Don't pay running backs. Maybe these guys will learn eventually, but I, I think, you know, having Kyle Pitts, like you said, I, I love the analogy. One, I don't think he gets there. I think that there's going to be a team. Uh, yeah. Atlanta, I know, really likes him. Uh, another scenario where you're like, dude, you need defense, but they're like, yeah, you know what, gas, offense, let's just run it out there, get everybody out there, and let's score 50 points and hope we can get into a, a track meet with a lot of these football teams. So, you know, I, I think he is, to me, like I said, the best prospect. I I I don't, the value because of the position he technically plays in tight end is, does not equate to how much of an impact he's going to have on a football team. He's a unicorn. Stop calling him a tight end. He's not a tight end. He's not a wide receiver. He's a damn unicorn. And I want to see that as an official position for the NFL this year, because he's not either position. He's a unicorn. And I will only refer to him as such.
1: (laughs) At the underscore sports page on Twitter, CEO of the Draft Network. This has been really fun. I have one more question for you. I know you've talked to Steve Kyle a lot. You're, you're close to the organization, the GM. Um, I've said since he drafted Kyler Murray, he's been a top 10 GM in the NFL. And it's the trade for DeAndre Hopkins. It's this offseason. It's loose. But what we've seen over the last two years is the ineptitude in many front offices, the dysfunctionality in many front offices. And it kind of makes Arizona Cardinals fans, people to cover the, huh, we're not alone in the room. You know, there are some idiots in in in, in high ranking positions. Steve Kime, this offseason, would you say that since drafting Kyler Murray to now, he's a fringe uh GM one, I guess you could call it in the NFL? <laughs> Steve,
2: Steve has really proven himself, right? Um, there were a lot of gaps to fill, because I think you know, I think it's pretty well known by now. And if it's not, I guess I'm gonna be the one telling you guys. Bruce did a lot of the work when it was Bruce and Steve, like a lot of the work in tandem. It's the same way him and Jason are working together in Tampa Bay. When it was like that, when it head coach and GM together, it is the best. It is the chef's kiss of how it should work in the NFL, right? That is where you look at this and you go, okay, this could potentially be great if, if both Kyler can take steps forward as coach and quarterback. Because at the end of the day, Steve is going to be tied to that decision and that decision alone. Because you drafted a quarterback and the very next season, you went after another quarterback with your first overall pick. If Kyler isn't ever be the only thing that people care about with Steve forever. And, and that's just how it is with quarterbacks. And I think there's a good chance with the Hopkins and the Kyler and now this offseason, that Steve is really gonna rebound as his overall look and, and how people view him as a GM. But it's all gonna matter how this team plays again this year because if they're the last team in this division, they finish fourth place with six and ten, right? Six wins, seven wins. I don't know. Does that get it done, guys? Does that <laughs> that don't get it done for me? I, I'm I'm like, okay, this year. Like, I'd get it done for me. So what are the expectations? I think uh, that's the question to ask going into this year because I think it's playoffs are bust, and I, especially with that extra spot. There's no reason why that should not be the expectation this year.
1: At the underscore sports page, CEO of the Draft Network, is there anything exciting more than you guys? So go to thedraftnetwork.com, do a 1,000 mock drafts. They're fun. And if, <laughs> and if you don't know how many picks you have to wait if your team doesn't have a third or fourth round pick, it's a lot. Bo and I, th- that's, when, that's when we really realized, like, holy crap, there's 111 picks. There's two professional football teams on game day. The Cardinals have to wait between picks as of now. The Draft Network is awesome. Buy the premium content. It's worth it. Uh, Paige DeMakos, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, Paige. That was awesome. That was awesome. She's the best. It's I mean, it's-
2: insight,
0: and it's a it's a good uh, change of pace compared to like what we're we're reading, what we're seeing. Uh, it I I didn't expect her to go meat and potatoes with the Cardinals pick at sixteen, yeah. and I didn't expect her to go no on hard knocks. I'm um, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm bored. I'm very disappointed, but at the same time, like I said, it this podcast is all about you know differing opinions, mm-hmm. and uh, you got another one. Added yeah to the fold. Well, it's, Incredible it's, insight. It's interesting like and I was surprised she did too cuz I mean it's I mean she is a,
1: a seasoned vet it, it, definitely in Phoenix and I mean obviously she's branched out you know exponentially uh from over you know the last several years with being the CEO of the draft network. I mean it's um for
0: Fox sports as well. Yeah, she's 987. She's
1: worked for Yeah, she's she's worked all over the place and she's a great football mind. Um and sports mind in general. Yeah, that that kind of surprised me too. But she mirrored what I said. Was it's just it's a fragile situation, and it's scary that I like I wish I would just would have been the crazy one, and everybody else would have said yes. Because now it's like if they do get chosen for it, it's going to be a case study in, in the, the mental fortitude of everybody involved. I mean, we could talk about this. Like we've gone. We're gonna get an email saying how how long we've gone over. Um, Bo, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Uh, pay, again, thank you so much, Paige DeMarcus. Give her a follow at the underscore sports page. Go to the thedraftnetwork.com. Read stuff from Trevor Sykema, Benjamin Solak from Locked On NFL Draft, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino from Draft Dudes. Draft Network is, is highly infused in the Locked On Podcast Network family, and we are very, very happy for that. Alex Clancy-Bowbrock, Locked On Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.